This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Hope you guys are having a good day out there today. Lots to get to on today's show. Um, kind of a busy one, as as it turns out. This time of year isn't always that way, but got to get to the Twins. They were clobbered by the White Sox on Thursday. Not a good start to that series. An important series, it feels like, as they head into the all-star break. Um, still three and a half up on Cleveland, four up on the White Sox, but need to play better than they did in that 12-2 to loss. Sonny Gray giving up the grand slam. We'll talk a little bit more about that game in a bit. Matt Walner, Twins minor leaguer, will join me. Funny story, as I was talking to him on the phone, he was promoted to St. Paul from Wichita, so that that news kind of broke to me as I was talking to him, as you'll hear as I am talking to him. Uh, the, the, more, the, the bigger picture of that was he has been invited to the Futures game as part of the All-Star experience over this weekend, so hope you enjoy that conversation with the Forest Lake native who is having a big season for, uh, for the Twins in the minor leagues. Got to get to the Lynx. Disappointing loss for them to Dallas. They kind of reverted to their old ways. Uh, we'll talk to Morgan Turner from Minnesota Aurora. Big playoff game for the Aurora this weekend. Style note, by the way, after this weekend, the Star Tribune will start referring to singular named teams as plurals. We always used to say the Wild is, the Aurora is. That is no longer. That is a style change. Maybe none, maybe none of you really noticed that. Maybe some of you have. I think when we talk about those teams, sometimes we convert them into plural anyway. It just feels more natural. Well, now that will be the way we write about them as well. So now, you know, starting Monday and going forward, it'll be the Wild R, the Aurora R, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm kind of looking forward to that. And, you know, it's maybe just a minor style point, just kind of an inside baseball kind of thing, as they say, inside the industry thing. But um, just thought I'd share that with you guys as well, because that is now official. We'll hear from Cam Talbot, who says he didn't really want to be traded by the Wild. Interesting, given how that all played out. And the Wolves made a signing. Veteran Austin Rivers going to be joining the Timberwolves. We'll get to that in the cooler. But first... What did I miss? Like I said at the jump, Twins lose 12-2 against the White Sox. And to me, the big picture takeaway from this is disappointing in that they had probably the pitching matchup they, they wanted, right? They had Sonny Gray going in the first game of this series, ostensibly, you know, the ace of their staff or, you know, at least the most experienced high quality veteran pitcher that they have and he just got he got he got knocked around pretty good three and two-thirds innings nine hits six runs all of them earned really fell apart in that fourth inning you know twins are only down two to one going into the fourth but gray got hit by a line drive in that inning stayed in the game but a couple batters later gave up a long, grand slam. 452 feet, I believe, was the distance on that one. So that was pretty much your ball game right there. Twins stranded a whole bunch of runners. Johnny Cueto had them kind of uh, had them kind of baffled, even though he was he was kind of dancing in and out of trouble. They, they couldn't solve him in a big way. So they end up losing that game 12-2. Nick Gordon pitched the ninth. I mean, that's not how you want to finish a game against a division rival, right? Having one of your position players pitch in that game, but that's the way it went for them. So tough one 
uh, to, to start the series. Now we got to look ahead a little bit. Got Devin Smelter looking for a bounce back start tonight. He'd been quite good lately, but uh, but not so good in his most recent start. And then Dylan Bundy on Saturday against old friend Lance Lynn. Again, you know this te- You know th- this isn't like the world's most important series. There's still going to be you know a half, you know, close to a half of a season left when they get back from the All Star break, but. You know, the Twins are in a spot right now where they've done pretty good work throughout the entire season. You don't want to give that back in the final three games before the break, certainly not against the White Sox. You don't want to give them any momentum, any incentive to think that they can get back into this race. They've been you know, pretty mediocre all year. This division has been mediocre all year. So I really want to see the Twins you know, win two out of these last three, at least, kind of reassert where they are in the American League Central, kind of brush off Thursday's game, brush off a few of these recent losses and finish off strong in this half of the season. Otherwise, it just feels like they're setting themselves up for danger in the second half of the year. You know, maybe maybe it doesn't matter as much as I think it does. Maybe there'll be three or four more twists and turns before they get to the finish line. That could be the case, but this has just felt for about a week like this was going to be a very important series and certainly did not start well on Thursday. Let's bring in a future twin, perhaps, right now. Matt Walner, Forest Lake native, first round pick of the twins a few years ago, has been tearing it up in the minor leagues. And like I mentioned, was promoted in the middle of my call with him on uh, on Thursday, which was pretty fun, pretty interesting. Got to uh, I asked him kind of a, you know, I, I had a hunch he was going to get called up soon. But I didn't want to like say it like it was official. And then so the way I ended up asking the question, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm on my way to St. Paul right now. So it was official by that point. It was kind of funny. So here is that conversation conversation I had with Matt Walner. I am happy to be joined on Daily Delivery today right now by Matt Walner, Twins Prospect. Sorry, Twins Prospect, um, Forest Lake native, has been tearing it up in double a wichita this year matt I didn't, I didn't realize the extent of the stats until i started taking a look at it but man uh 21 homers and ops over a thousand no wonder you are going to the futures game here coming up um c- congrats on that how you doing today i'm good thank you i appreciate it so tell me about your year i mean obviously you've had a lot of good years in in the minors you had a good season last year split between you know cedar rapids and um you know, rookie league ball at a certain point uh, back then but to what you know as you think about um uh, kind of as you think about your progression what what's been clicking for you this year uh the biggest thing for me is i've just tried to be a little bit more patient at the plate and draw more walks and be a little bit more selective and i think that's been kind of the big change for me this year and just trying to find more balls that i can do damage with and so far it's been i've been successful in that yeah, I can tell you get 62 walks this year in 342 plate appearances. That's really brought your on-base percentage way up, 436, um, you know, contributing obviously to that gaudy OPS. Um, now, as you think about the Futures game, what are you looking forward to with that? Uh, just playing in, I think the experience playing in Dodger Stadium is going to be cool and playing with some of the, the best players in minor league baseball and against them. Um, I'm just really looking forward to the experience, and it, I think it's going to be uh, kind of just a fun little day on, on Saturday coming out. Now you've, uh, you know, the Twins have been interested in you for a while. I saw they took you, 
you know, out of high school in the 32nd round of the draft, but then obviously you, you went on to play at the University of Southern Miss in, in Hattiesburg, had a great career there, ended up being a first-round pick by the Twins in 2019. Kind of what was what, what was that journey like, and, you know, what, what did you uh, what did you kind of learn in those three years between, you know, getting drafted right out of high school and then getting drafted out of college? Right, yeah. Um, it drafted out of high school as a pitcher, actually, so I went, I went two way down there, but um, in college, I kind of just fell in love with hitting and working on hitting and still love pitching, but I found my passion for hitting down there and had some great coaches and, and great teammates who helped me mature as a person. I just do it. Loved every minute of it. I think it was a great experience for me, and I wasn't necessarily ready out of high school. And it, the Twins uh, ended up drafting me again, and was uh, very grateful for the opportunity. Uh, there's no other organization I'd rather be with being a Minnesota kid. I was going to say, I mean, when you're when you're a Minnesota native and you get drafted by the hometown team twice now, I imagine that's got to be a pretty special feeling. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool out of high school, and then it just, uh, you know, be honored with that, even getting considered and then picked, but second time through is uh, even a more surreal, cool experience when you realize you're actually going to be a part of it. Um, now, I understand that you... Uh, that you, uh, your, I think your brother perhaps is. Uh, y- y- there's something related to your your brother um, w- with uh, with your cleats. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So for the futures game, I just made some custom cleats, and um, my two best friends, one's in uh, one's in the Coast Guard and one's in the Navy, and then my brother's joined in the Navy here in a month. So I uh, just kind of dedicated one cleat to one cleat apiece. A piece, one of the Navy, one of the Coast Guard, and, and kind of just a cool little thing I could do for the future's game and my own little custom thing. Gotcha. Very cool. Last thing for you, Matt. Appreciate your time here. Um, you know, looking at your looking at your numbers. I mean, you're 24 right now. You're you're tearing up Wichita. Have you been given any indication that you know there might be another jump for you this year? Yeah, I'm actually on the way to St. Paul right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So you'll you'll be you'll be with the you'll be with the Saints for for the foreseeable future then. Right. Right. And then you know hopefully hopefully beyond that. I mean that's once you get to St. Paul, you're only one step away. Right. Right. Which is a really cool thought to have. I mean, being you know being from Forest Lake, do you imagine once you get to St. Paul, you're going to have a million people coming to watch you? Yeah. Congrats on that! I hadn't realized that when we started talking, but that's uh, that's great news for you. And uh, you know, best of luck uh, the rest of the season and at the futures game. All right. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Switch your checking account to Royal Credit Union and discover a better way to bank. Royal Credit Union is a financial co-op, not a corporation, so we return earnings to our members. That means you get low or no fees for account services and better rates on deposits and loans. You'll also have all the digital tools you need at your fingertips, so managing your account is easy. Royal is ready to help you discover the credit union difference. Switch your checking account to Royal Credit Union today. 
at rcu.org slash your checking. Insured by NCUA. Perhaps the most interesting story of the day, Cam Talbot, former wild goalie, we can say former now, um, now with the Ottawa Senators, met with the Ottawa media. I think it looked like a recorded uh, or a, a video call with reporters the other day after the trade from the Wild and all the fallout from that, where Talbot's agent had said um, at the draft that Bill Guerin's got a lot to think about after they signed Mark Andre Fleury. You know, Talbot, you know, expressing displeasure. I think after the playoff series last year, when when Fleury played the first five games and he didn't play until the sixth game in the elimination, he had been the number one goalie for the Wild for the better part of you know a season and a half, a season and two thirds before Fleury arrived, and then it was really a shared net. When uh, when Flurry arrived, and then in the playoffs, it wasn't shared at all. Really, it was just the Flurry show, and you know the the sentiment being that that Talbot didn't want to have that be the case again this year. That he didn't want to be splitting time in net again with Flurry, and he maybe disputed that a little bit, but didn't really dispute that. It was it was kind of like when Bill Guerin talked the other day and said, "We don't want any drama." We're just gonna we're just gonna do this. We didn't have to do anything, but we you know we don't want any drama. We're gonna we did this, and I think it was maybe the best time. Kind of similar, but basically indicating he said he didn't really want to be traded. And I don't know how much I believe that. How much of that is revisionist history? But here is what Cam Talbot had to say. Uh, to be honest, you know, I, it was one of those things where you, they didn't really want to be moved. Um, okay. You know, that it played out in the media that you know maybe I you know had some. Um, you know, some ill will or anything towards the organization or anything like that, but it uh, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, we we loved our time there. We loved the fans, uh, the group of guys, the staff. I mean, um, you know, we made some lifelong friendships there that'll last forever. And there's just one of those things where you know the there's only room in the net for for one guy. And um, you know, I think that. Uh, like you said, bringing in uh, Mark Andre, we had a great relationship last year, and and uh, you know it it could have been another good situation moving forward. But um, you know, I think that's between myself and and Billy and and everyone else. We had some conversations, and um, both sides just kind of felt like this might be best. And again, after the fact, you can kind of any, you can kind of craft the story in any way you want it. Um, I'm sure he liked it here. I'm sure he made friends and and everything like that like he said um I do I'm curious how this season would have played out if both goalies would have been here I think the wild would have been better off as a team I don't think there's anything I don't think there's any doubt about that that their goaltending situation just from a pure talent standpoint from where they stood was going to be better with Mark Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot than it is right now with the acquisition of Philippe Gustafsson um not 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 to take anything away from from the goalie they acquired from Ottawa, but he's not as proven, not nearly as proven as Cam Talbot. What if, what if Mark Andre Fleury is ineffective as he turns thirty-eight? What if he has a, a long stretch where he is injured or something like that? I mean, I know you you can't plan or predict the future always in those cases, but it felt like the Wild was in position to have goalie be a a real position of strength for them, and instead they kind of made it a position in flux, a, a, a you know a, a kind of a bridge year. Until until their you know their first round pick from 2021 can take over at some point, but he's still pretty young, so they're really banking now on Mark Andre Fleury to be 
the goalie, the championship caliber goalie he has been in the past. And if that backfires, they might look back on this and say, man, we, you know, we had a pretty good thing going. We, you know, we had a, a stretch of, you know, two, three weeks last year where things fell apart for Cam Talbot and for Kakinen, and that ignited a whole chain of events that led them to an entirely different goaltending situation this year than it was at the start of and then for most of last year and the year before so how that plays out this year will be interesting to watch because I feel like Cam Talbot was not great here but I think he was good here and I think he provided a certain amount of stability in net that they just had not had in recent years so how that factors into their next season uh, will be something to watch as they try to improve uh, not just making the playoffs a couple years in a row, but trying to win a playoff series and beyond. The Lynx, meanwhile, I wrote about them the other day, how they're kind of getting back into playoff contention, how, you know, if they can just do this or that after that horrendous 3-13 and start, that they will have a chance to be in the postseason. And the, uh, you know, 538.com had given them a 53% chance of making the playoffs before Thursday's game against Dallas, and that was a high-importance game. That playoff odds have dipped now to 33% after after that loss to uh, after that loss to Dallas on uh, on Thursday night. So a big blow for them in those pu- and then in that push, and they were bad from the start. I mean, they they got down way you know by a ton at halftime. looked like the looked like the bad team they had been in you know in the start of the year made a pretty big rally in the second half but it was too little too late um 9287 was the final you know um Dallas got a lot of lot going on the perimeter the Sylvia Fowles and uh, Rachel Bannum were quite good had 44 of Minnesota's 87 points 17 of 26 combined from the field the rest of the starters though 8 for 36 combined not uh, not not great for them, and so you know they've got even more ground to make up because you know Dallas is one of those teams they are trying to leapfrog in the in the uh, WNBA standings as they go forward here. So we'll see how much that one hurts. But when you lose basically 20% playoff odds just from one loss, you know how damaging a game can be. Speaking of playoff pushes, the Aurora will play Sunday in the semifinals of the USLW League. Um, they are undefeated this season and um, hoping to build on their um, their win the other night. I caught up with Morgan Turner, who had a big goal the other night for them, had a hat trick in a recent game as well, to kind of talk about just the season, big picture for the season, to talk about just you know what what this has meant, what this whole year has meant. She's a Maple Grove native, and kind of what the playoffs mean going forward. So here is that conversation I had with Morgan Turner from Minnesota Aurora. All right, happy to be joined today on Daily Delivery by Morgan Turner, forward for Minnesota Aurora Soccer. Big game on Wednesday, even bigger ones to come. You've had uh, some some pretty big games yourself lately. Um, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, what was, you know, as we're talking about the playoffs, which began Wednesday for this team, which has not lost um, all season. I imagine once you get to the playoffs, everybody says, you know, stakes are raised, you you lose, it's it's all over. What did that environment feel like on, on Wednesday? 
Um, it was so incredible. Um, we had so many fans there again, which we were anticipating. And I think um, that also gave us an edge over the other team. Um, and I think we all just went into the game knowing that um, we were going to win. I think we all, we all know what we signed up for. We all know what our big goals were this season. And I think we were all just really ready. We knew that Indy was going to be a really strong opponent for us. And I think we all just came ready to play. Um, we, we had a really good team win. Speaking of big goals, you had a big goal in that game. Maybe talk me through the, the play itself and, and kind of what, you, uh, what, what it meant to you to, to score in that kind of situation. Yeah, sure. Um, definitely. It was one of my favorite soccer moments. Um, Mackenzie played a really nice ball to Kat and then Kat laid it off to me and then I was able to take a quick touch and um, shoot it. And um, yeah, I mean, I think just the rush after that goal was amazing. And like I went into that game knowing that we weren't going to be done. I knew that we were going to come back. And so um, I think that just helped us to get some more momentum. And then Mayu was able to score a really nice PK at, um, in the second half too to put us through. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe we can back up just a little bit too. Like how, you know, maybe we can get into your, your journey to this moment. You're from Maple Grove. Is that right? Yeah. So how did you get from, you know, imagine youth soccer player growing up, loving to play the game to, to this moment right here? Yeah. Um, I was actually reflecting on it last night. I think, I feel like my soccer career has just come full circle between, um, I started playing like just for my local club, Plymouth Soccer Association, when I was like probably five or six. And then um, I played for MTA for a little bit. And then I played for Maple Brook. And then I went back to MTA to play ECNL. And then I went to college at DePaul University in Chicago. So um, coming back to Minnesota Aurora this season has just been um, so much fun because I've had so many of my friends and family have been able to watch me and just to play in my home state for such an awesome team in this environment has just been really special. When this was conceived of and, and launched and they, you know, they, they reached out to players such as yourself to, to come play on this team, could you have imagined what it would be, especially in year one? Absolutely not. I mean, I remember talking to Nicole um, when she was recruiting me to play for the team back in January um and they were talking she was saying oh we're probably gonna play at TCO Stadium and I was like oh like that sounds super cool and like all female coaching staff um but I could never have imagined it would become what it is now and I think it's just so exciting for women's soccer and um just for the whole state of Minnesota in general to see the community come together and support us has just been incredible now you have another big match obviously coming up this weekend the semifinals right that's Sunday if I'm not mistaken Yes. Now, as you get further along, does the, do you have to kind of ground yourself a little bit more and remind yourself this is, you know, just one more game? Is it, how do you approach things as the stakes get, you know, get, as the stakes get higher? Yeah, absolutely. I think we have a lot of veteran players who have had a lot of experience playing at high levels. And so I think, especially now that we've gotten really comfortable with um, our roles on the team and how we can play together, I think it's just another game for us. I think we know that this is definitely going to be our toughest opponent. Um, we have a lot of respect for them, but also we also have respect for us and we know how good we are. So I think we're just going into it, um, knowing what we're capable of and um, ready to play. I'm sure last thing for you, I'm sure you just focused on the moment right now, but as you think kind of big picture, like what can Aurora become? What, what can, how, how far can this go? Because it, it, to me, it's just, it's become so impressed to see, you know, thousands of people, 5,000, 6,000 fans at games, you know, to support this team right now. 
yeah, I mean, I think there's no limit for what Aurora can become. I think it's super cool how we've been like a leader in the USLW and just kind of nationwide for what women's sports can be when media attention and resources and investments um, are put into women's sports. And so I think it's just super exciting to see um, what we've been able to, what everyone's been able to do in such a short time. And I think it's just so exciting. Um, I don't know what Aurora will look like in the next few years, but um, I'm just so excited for women's soccer and for um, Minnesota. And for good reason. Well, Morgan Turner, appreciate you uh, hopping on uh, Daily Delivery with me today and uh, enjoy the rest of the playoff run. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Let's finish with the cooler. Austin Rivers, veteran signing with the Timberwolves. They're really just remaking their roster, interestingly enough. Tim Connolly coming in, new president of basketball operations, you know, doing a lot of work. The Rudy Gobert trade, obviously the centerpiece of the offseason with so many, you know, rotation players going out in the process. Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt no longer on the roster. You need to replace those guys when you just get a one for you know, one for eight, one for nine trade, a lot of those picks, you've got to, you know, you got to figure out a way to fill out your roster with quality um, besides that. So the Wolves doing that, hopefully, they hope, with, you know, guys like Bryn Forbes, guys like Austin Rivers, guys like um, Kyle Anderson, who they'd signed earlier this year as well, you know, veterans who are making less. You know, it sounds like Austin Rivers will make the NBA minimum. Um, you know, good player for throughout his career. This will be, I think, his seventh team. You know, not indicative of uh, not indicative of necessarily who he is as a player or a person. But you know, 29 years old, 11th season, son of Doc Rivers. You know, defensively a good player can give you a little bit of shooting. Just kind of one of those good depth rotation guys you want to have on your roster. So I think that's going to be one of the fascinating things about next season. is isn't just about how this Wolves starting five comes together with, you know, Gobert and Towns trying to play together to coexist as big men, both of them ostensibly centers in this league, how that comes together, um, how Jaden McDaniels takes a step forward, how Anthony Edwards takes a step forward, how D'Angelo Russell fits in and what could be his last year here, if we're being honest about his contract situation, or how he fits into this, you know, trade-wise or long-term-wise. But, you know, the starters only play so much. I'm sure they'll be on the court plenty, but you need depth in this league. And the Wolves had, the Wolves seemed like they had good depth at a lot of points last year. They were putting good lineups out on the floor. I think they can still do that this year, but it's going to be with a much different cast of characters and how that all comes together will, you know, it's not going to be the story of next year, but it's going to be a, a sneaky thing to watch as you consider whether this team can take a step forward in 2022 or whether they're just kind of treading water going forward. That will do it for today. Like I might have mentioned on a show or two previously, We'll be back at it Monday, skipping Tuesday and Wednesday next week to get a little extra time off. So we'll do Monday, Thursday, and Friday next week, taking a couple days the week after that as well before probably getting back into it full-time, full-time for the rest of the summer and beyond. Hope you enjoyed the week. Back at it again on Monday.